The Subscription Box Show, episode 113. Hey, this is Andy Black from InboundMarketeer.com. And if you want to learn how anyone can grow or start a successful subscription box, then you have to listen to The Subscription Box Show with my good friend, Eric Music. There's a lot to learn when it comes to e-commerce and subscription boxes. Whether you're a new or existing business, your list of questions can seem endless and daunting. Welcome to the Subscription Box Show, where you'll hear high-quality, unbiased views and strategies from top industry leaders. Whether we're talking one-on-one with business professionals or deep-diving into thought-provoking case studies, we'll find the answers to your questions because this is the show you've been waiting for. Now, let's think inside the box with your host, Eric Music. Welcome to the Subscription Box Show. I'm your host, Eric Music, and I want to help you build, grow, and even start your very own subscription box business. Tune in three days a week as I interview the top entrepreneurs, leaders, and subscription box owners in the industry. You'll be able to take their knowledge, experience, and expertise and apply it to your business. On this episode, we go over all things Google Ads via the point of view and perspective of an absolute expert in our industry. This man has been studying and applying his Google Ads craft for over three decades. And yes, we can definitely say that now that we are in 2021. So having started back in 2009, this is technically true, three decades. On Monday's episode number 112, we went over Google Ads from the perspective of a self-taught subscription box entrepreneur. And on this episode, we will go over Google Ads from the viewpoint of an ad agency or Google Ads expert, if you will. We will get into everything Google Ads with the owner and founder of InboundMarketeer.com and the $15 a month Google Bootcamp owner, Andy Black. Welcome here and welcome back wherever you are listening from and happy 2021. 2021 brings us all a fresh start and a fresh perspective to the way our businesses work. And with that, something we've never really covered much on this show is Google Ads. We've had plenty of guests mention the use of it and talk about them, but I hadn't yet had the privilege to have guests come on and specifically talk only about Google Ads. So talking about perspectives for this first week of 2021, I want to kick it off with a bang and with two unique perspectives when it comes to Google Ads specifically. One from a self-taught entrepreneur and one from a Google Ads agency. On the previous episode, number 112, I brought on a very successful self-taught subscription box entrepreneur for her take on Google Ads, none other than Cassie Paget of Owl Post Books. And on this episode, I have the honor of presenting to you a subscription box show first, a Google Ads expert and his point of view from his agency, all the way from London, England, Mr. Andy Black. Andy will bring his unique take on the platform and will inform us how an agency would go about doing things, especially in 2021. The gold Andy drops on this episode is through the roof and will help you if you apply it. If you want more information from Andy and the help he offers, make sure to stay tuned right till the end of this episode for your special unique access. So I can't wait to get into this episode and share with you Andy's expert Google Ads knowledge. But first, I'd like to ask you to please share this podcast with everyone you think would benefit from it. And if you could please rate and review the show. Fresh reviews along with ratings helps the show tremendously. And of course, if you haven't already, make sure to click on the follow or subscribe button on the podcast player you're currently listening on, as the downloads are still the biggest marker when it comes to podcast algorithms. I'd also be remiss if I did not mention our Facebook group. The Subscription Box Show Facebook group is a growing community with like-minded subscription box entrepreneurs looking to help grow their own and other people's subscription boxes. It's an amazing group of men and women from all over the globe. I give away gift cards to the most engaged members as well of the group and mention your name and subscription box on this very podcast. So make sure to look for the link in the show notes or simply look for the subscription box show in Facebook. This episode is sponsored by the brand new course, Building Your Personal Brand on LinkedIn by the one and only Megan McNeil. Are you properly investing in your network? What about your personal brand? Guys, today more than ever, we need to have a presence online, a proper professional one that is. Our personal brand and network are two of the most important things we can have and control today. The problem? how we go about that. 
I'm super excited to share with you Megan McNeil's Building Your Personal Brand on LinkedIn course. This is a self-paced on-demand course with a community and the proper support to show you exactly how to create and maximize your personal brand and network on LinkedIn. For more, make sure to click the link in the show notes or head over to the subscriptionboxshow.com and click on the LinkedIn course button. Now, without further ado, let's get into everything Google Ads with one of the most respected experts on the planet, founder of the inboundmarketeer.com and creator of the $15 a month Google Ads bootcamp, Mr. Andy Black. All right, super excited to have today on the show, Andy Black. He is the founder of inboundmarketeer.com and he is a Google Ads expert. He's been around for a long time doing this. So this is going to be part two of our kind of our two-part series when it comes to Google Ads and how we can best know of it. The first part was with Cassie Paget, and that's more on the entrepreneur side, people who are kind of self-taught and wanting to do it themselves. Now we're going to have a look from an agency side of things, something that Andy Black helps clients do. And he's been doing this since 2009, so with a lot of experience into the Google Ads. And there's an interesting backstory I can't wait to hear that we kind of talked about off-air with this. So without further ado, Andy, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, Eric. It's an absolute pleasure. Yeah, this is going to be a fun and learning experience for me as well. Google Ads, we're kind of talking about this off-air. And I told the same thing with Cassie. He was like, I'm just as excited to learn and hungry to learn about it because being somewhat new to the industry, it's something that I've been kind of frozen on when it comes to Google Analytics. Maybe I'm intimidated and feel overwhelmed by it. So hopefully you'll give us some clarity on that. But before we do that, maybe give us a snapshot of who is Andy Black and what's your background and what do you guys do as your agency? Well, very small agency. I mostly do all the work, the Google Ads work, because I still love it. Since 2009, I still love it. I tried to build an agency at one point and hire in other Google Ads people and become the manager and the business owner. I was just too far away from what I like doing because I'm a techie at heart. I love messing about and making things work. And I love getting on a call with a client and them going, whoa, we just had our first sale or we just had our first call or we just had a whatever. It yeah. gets the hair up on the back of my neck still. So yeah. I like doing the cold face work. And rather than scale by building an agency, I've decided to scale by trying to help people, other business owners to learn how to do it and run their own campaigns. So I've got little courses and things like that to try and teach people. And over the years as well, I just have loads of calls with people for free, just quick look over your shoulder at your account, can I help you? And by doing that over the years, I've figured out everyone's common problems are when they build the campaigns and also why they're building them wrong. So I can fix that. And then everyone goes, oh, I get it now. So it's those little aha moments that I kind of do it for me. And I know that once I've figured out the little aha moments, I can kind of package it up and sort of sell it on as a little course or something. Yeah, and we're going to plug those for sure. And I don't mean that in a way, like we're going to plug it as if you're here to do that. You're here to help people. This is what you love to do. You really like to nerd out on this stuff, right? So the $15 a month bootcamp is something you offer now at inboundmarketeer.com. Those will be in the show notes. We're going to mention that at the end as well. And there's an also a bit of a higher ticket item, something that's $150 a month. Do you want to just quickly talk about that one, the accelerator? Yeah, yeah. Okay, the bootcamp is to get people up and running fast because you mentioned a word earlier, overwhelmed. You feel overwhelmed with Google Ads. Everybody does. Yeah. It's like Google Ads was built by techies, engineers, it's interface. <laughs> I'm an IT dude. I was 15 years in IT first. So yeah. I'm not overwhelmed by the interface, but I look at it and go, why did you make it so complicated? It's not that complicated. Every business owner actually understands Google Ads because you use it every day and you're frustrated by stuff. And when I show you why you're frustrated, you'll be like, oh, there you go. Yep. Let's not do that. So that's what the bootcamp is. It's to get people up and running quick and over that overwhelm part, step through these little videos. You'll be up and running really fast. And you'll only really be learning when you start spending. You can read as many books as you want. You won't be learning. It's like trying to read a book on how to ride a bike. It's not until you're out there and have a few scrapes. But you're only going to learn by a bit of skin in the game. But you've got to do it without losing your shirt. Set a $5 a day budget and just learn off that. And it is possible. So that's what the boot camp is. Get people up and running. Even if people have got stuff up and running, often it's not set up right. I know this from looking at people's accounts every week for the last 10 years. And it's all set up the same way. So I've got little ways to make it a lot easier for people. When people are up and running, that could be it. That may be fine. Did you just leave the campaigns? I've got campaigns. Accounts running since 2009 barely changed. You know, we just mm. increased the size of the ads because Google make the ads bigger, etc. But it still works. People still search for washing machine repairs Dublin in 2020 as they did in 2009. So same search term, same ad works. Yep. If people then want to accelerate and go faster, yes, there are other courses on how to bulk upload stuff using Excel and Google Ads Editor. So my speciality is like bulk uploading. Like if there's a plumber in Dublin, there's 100 locations within Dublin, suburbs, I suppose you could call them. I'll have an ad for each location. So 
if you don't want to do that by hand, I guess a bit tedious, so do it in Excel and upload it. So you could have, like I've got a client, they've got a 12,000 products in their warehouse. They just give me the Excel list, I upload it all. And then I can tell them within two days, oh, everybody's looking for that hair straightener. You know, So put <laughs> that amazing. one on your website or yeah. focus on that page. That's the one that's getting all the visitors at the minute. And that's gold dust for a business owner. So that's part of why I get on my soapbox so much about Google Ads is it doesn't just get you visitors to your website. And I don't like calling it traffic either. That's a bit of a tip for everyone to stop calling, using the word traffic hmm. and clicks and call them people and visitors. So you want people coming to your website, they're visitors. If a visitor comes into your home, you're going to welcome them. I was going to let them know that they've come to the right home as well. Oh, yes. Yes, I am, Andy. Come on in. You're going to welcome them. You're going to get out your best china, aren't you? Make them look up a tea. So stop calling them clicks and traffic as well. But Google Ads doesn't just get your traffic. The visitors gets you the data to tell you what they're all searching for. So then you can focus on that. Yeah. So that paints a beautiful picture. I love that. Unfortunately, it's not as easy, like you said, as it, it was made by some pretty intelligent people that are pretty techie. So it's not yeah. as easy as that. And so we do have help. So I love that. I'm going to be jumping on all over that $15 a month bootcamp for sure. And then hopefully from there, get some good insight for the next one. You also do some consultation sometimes, correct? I asked you off yeah. air if it's something you could hire. Can people hire you out? At this point, you're pretty full. Does yeah. It looks like, yeah. Yeah, but I use Calendly. Probably a lot of people use that. And yep. People can book into my calendar and I can book like a 15-minute session, quickly look at your account or have a chat about the business and just point you in the right direction. Often I can look over somebody's shoulder account and go, right, that's where you're losing money. Stop doing that. Do this instead. My boot camp may help or may not or whichever, or maybe you just fix it there and then. And it may be that we're a good fit as an agency or it might be like, you don't need to hire me at my, my rates. You can do this yourself. I do think a lot of businesses can do this themselves. And I think the business owner, if they're able to do it, they get a lot of learnings from the account that I wouldn't get. I'm a media buyer. I wouldn't understand what some of the search terms mean. Whereas if you're in that industry, and you'll understand the difference between one search term and another, whereas I won't realize the significance. So if the business owner can do it, brilliant. You know, but if they're a bit bigger, they might not want to do it and they might want to outsource it, which is also a smart thing to do if you're the business owner. Yeah, perfect. So... Lots of options that you offer that people so listen closely. We're going to plug all those at the end of the show as well. And it's going to be in the show notes. But bring us back to 2009 when you got into Google Ads and maybe the history there. Yeah. Okay. So I was in IT for 15 years, like I said. And it was kind of boring stuff that I did. I knew that if I was at a wedding and anybody asked, what did you do? I'd tell them, well, I'm a database administrator. And they go <laughs> running off to talk to the accountant because they were more interested than me. So I wanted to do something a bit more sexy, a bit more front end to be able to help smaller businesses. So I thought, right, I'm going to learn how to deal with websites. And like, this was 2009, the economy was tanking. And a friend was an electrician and he, all his work dried up. He had a wife, two kids, a baby on the way, and he had to hand his van back because he had no work. He literally yeah. couldn't pay for his van. He handed it back. So that was like the beginning of the end for him. And what's he mm. going to do? Sell his furniture next. So I know that I can't learn by just getting books out and learning. I need to physically help somebody and try and make something. So I was, okay. I looked at him and said, right, I want to learn how to build websites. So he bit my hand off before I even finished what I was going to say. He was like, done, do me. Yes, yes, do a website for me. So I was like, cool, let's do that. Built this website. I think I built it in Joomla. Then I built it in WordPress. And I was messing. I was like, hold on, it doesn't matter what the tech is. I haven't gotten a phone call yet. So get on with it. So got a theme, made a WordPress website. We both looked at it. He was delighted, but his phone didn't ring. And I was like, okay. The point was not to build a website. The point was to get your phone ringing. So I kind of heard about SEO and I thought, right, let's learn that. I got a book on that. And then a voucher fell out for AdWords. Back in the day, they were giving out 50 euro vouchers. So created an account, loaded it up. And I remember I was on a contract in Dublin doing IT and he rang. He said, Andy, I've had a phone call. And I was like, whoa. And I actually stood up and was walking around with this phone in my hand and we weren't allowed phones in the office. So I was like basically saying, fire me, fire me. I was walking around with a phone in my hand. I can remember just, I was in shock. But the hope in his voice, the hope and relief and everything, just from that one phone call, Andy, it works. And that's, why it was, that's what's bitten me because I can keep this dude, like he can keep a roof over his head, food on the table. And what happened was, so he was an electrician. We bid on Electrician Dublin, Electrician Kildare, that's the county we're in. 
wiring and rewiring, fuse board replacement. He said, oh, Andy, there's all the landlords in Dublin, smoke detector installation. Well, I'm going to be a millionaire doing that because of all the landlords. They have to do this. <laughs> cool, bid on that as well. Then one evening he said, oh, Andy, can we bid on appliance repairs? A lot of people are asking for cooker repairs, washing machines, over. So, oh, okay, we added those. And we just sent people to the services page where it was bullet point list of what they did. He had enough work you know, to keep going. And I analyzed the data because I'm a geek. I'm a data geek. And I analyzed sort of his second month of data. And his ads had showed 10,000 times. That's 10,000 impressions. 300 people clicked. So 3% click-through rate, CTR. Cost him 75 euro, because back in the day, it was pretty cheap. Okay? And he was delighted because he'd got work. He'd got phone calls, he'd got work, and he was off to the races, got a van back, and ended up getting a workshop in the back garden, etc. But being a data geek, I was interested in the 9,700 who'd seen his ad but not clicked. Not just the 300. Because if you had Google Analytics on your website, you could analyze the 300. What were they doing? But what about the 9,700 and never clicked? That's right. So I spoke to him. I said, right, 2,000 of those impressions were down to people searching for an electrician in Dublin. But it's super competitive because every other electrician in Dublin is bidding on that in a very low ad position. And what was the other ones? Wiring and rewiring. Super competitive. Hardly any searches. Very high ticket thing. Website's not good enough for that. Smoke detector installation, 12 impressions. Forget it. That million dollar idea of yours is forget it. It's not going to happen. But then 5,000 of your impressions, half of them are washing machine repairs, cooker repairs, and oven repairs. So I threw away the electrical website I was building and built a washing machine repairs website, a Dublin washing machine repairs website, Dublin cooker repairs website, Dublin oven repairs. And I did it three for this county we're in, Kildare. So six little websites. I just ran ads to those. Because if you now search for a washing machine repair in Dublin, the ad says Dublin washing machine repairs, the URL. So that was the only change. And his click-through rate just doubled overnight. Wow. You know, it went from 4% to 8%. And then more people obviously rang him because they searched for washing machine repairs Dublin. The ad said Dublin washing machine repairs. They click, goes to a website that says Dublin washing machine repairs. Need your washing machine repaired in Dublin. Three bullet points, tap to call. So his conversion rate went up. More people contacted him. And because his conversion rate went up, his cost per acquisition, cost per inquiry went down. So we could bid more, ended up in top ad position, mopping up all the visitors. And that was it. So, you know, I was bitten by the bug. And that story, I love that story because A, because I helped somebody and it didn't cost a lot. But for the 75 euros, he didn't just get visitors. He got data that told him what the market was looking for so he could sell it to them. So you might be saying, right, Eric sells red widgets. You've got the best red widgets. I'm going to sell these on the market. I might tell you, well, more people looking for blue ones. Can you paint them blue? And you go, yeah, I can do that. Well, why don't you paint, sell the blue ones? Because everyone's looking for those and forget the red ones. That's amazing data for you. And you don't have to spend a lot of money to get it. Yeah, that's the thing. So is that still the case then? Like in today's, so I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to bring in from those things. That's how you got started was to help people. And I just love the genuineness of you. Like people can't see your face, but you're a kind man who wants to help. And it's a refreshing thing to see, especially in this space. But what are the costs like today? Like, is it something where it's still doable, where people can do it on a small budget? Or is it still something? Because that seems like a foregone conclusion that 75 euros or even 75 Canadian, 75 US ain't going to do it no more. I recommend people start with $5 a day budget. Yeah. Okay. And Google will potentially take twice your budget because that $5 a day, you set a budget of $5 a day and you're telling Google you want that to be your average for the month but they might take more on some days and less on others. And they kind of know that because of seasonality. They'll go, oh, more people looking for washing machine repairs on a Monday than a Saturday, whatever. So it yeah. could go over. So set a five, knowing it potentially go to 10, so you don't have a panic. But within seven days, you get data. You could then pause it and look at your data. So you might load up something. I wonder if people are looking for book, kids' book subscription box. You load up that. I wonder if people are looking for children's book subscription box. What about book subscription box? And load all those keywords. I liken it to throwing everything against the wall. Or actually, I prefer thinking of us being a spider in the middle of the web. You just throw out all these keywords and ads. You just sit there with your little five euro a day budget, five dollars a day budget. <laughs> and you just count how often the ads show. And you don't pay when the ads show. You only pay when people click on them. Yep. Okay, so you can learn without having a lot of ad spend. And you find out that, well, that ad showed more often than those other ones. So the red widgets is top, then the blue, and then the green. But the green gives me a better profit margin. So, uh, but there's enough volume there. I'm going to turn off the ads for the red and blue widgets now and just put my five euro budget, five dollar budget, just to green. So the first step is to find out what shows the most, which ads show the most, where am I getting the most impressions? And then you might load a hundred items and then turn off 
97 of them, just focus on three. And once you focus on the ones where you're getting, potentially getting volume, everything comes into focus. You look at your ad and go, oh, actually, I could write a better ad than that. You look at your landing page, you go, hmm, I could do a better landing page than that. It doesn't mention the green widgets at all, does it? It just says, I sell widgets. You know, so you focus in and with your five euro a day budget until you get like almost a very consistent stream of visitors with the very same search intent every day. Yeah, they're different people but with the same search intent. And then you can use that to split test your ad and get it honed and then split test your landing page and get that honed until you get profitable. And then you take those learnings and go back to your other products. Yeah, I love that. So with that, let's take a quick break. We're going to thank our sponsors. And when we come back, I want to talk about Google Analytics, more about that, because there's a lot to read into that. Maybe you can tell us what are the important things and do's and don'ts about setting up your Google Analytics account. Google Ads. Google Ads, yeah. The Google Ads account. And then maybe some of the metrics to look for within the Google Analytics, right? Some of the things that maybe we should look specifically at that are more important than others, if there is such a thing. And then we'll kind of get in the weeds with those things as soon as we get back from thanking our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Megan McNeil's brand new program, Building Your Personal Brand on LinkedIn. Are you a subscription box entrepreneur? Do you have a LinkedIn account? Maybe you have one, but have you taken the time to properly optimize it and use its full potential? Maybe you just don't realize the power LinkedIn and networking have in store for you and your business. Regardless of which category you fall into, you need to take the following ad seriously. Guys, I often harp on the power of networking. The reason is very simple. Your network is your net worth. Consider the following quote from Jim Rome. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Now ask yourself this. Wouldn't you like to have control of who you're connected with, who you associate with, and who you spend time with the most? Well, this is exactly what Megan McNeil's new program, Building Your Personal Brand on LinkedIn, is all about. Megan is a personal brand strategist and LinkedIn expert. After the success of her sold-out 21-day LinkedIn challenge programs, she's decided to help out the busy entrepreneur and create an on-demand program where you can maximize her LinkedIn experience to help your business, but at your very own pace. Listen to some of these benefits you'll receive in the Building Your Personal Brand on LinkedIn program. You'll learn how to create the perfect client avatar, how to create engagement, set up the perfect profile, set up content, connections, and much, much more. If you're ready to up your network and take advantage of LinkedIn, and it's still remarkable organic reach with a proven system, community, and support, then I am inviting you to join us by clicking on the link in the show notes or simply clicking on the LinkedIn course button at the subscriptionboxshow.com. Building your personal brand on LinkedIn by Megan McNeil. Are you ready to invest in your presence online? All right, we're back with Andy Black. He is the founder of InboundMarketeer.com and he is a Google Ads expert. He has his own agency he's been doing since 2009 and he's helped a ton of people. He's done a lot of stuff. So before the break, we kind of went into where you should start on your costs when it starts to your Google Ads account. Maybe before we kind of mentioned, I said Google Analytics and you correct me with Google Ads. You want to maybe just quickly touch on those and then we can get into actually the account setup and those different things to look into. the Google Yeah, Ads Google Analytics is a free tool from Google that most business owners have installed on the website and it allows you to track what people are doing on your website, what pages they go to, how many people click on that page and go to your about page and then exit and bounce from there and all that kind of stuff. It's a great tool. It's well worth installing that. At least some other tool so you can track what people are doing on the website. Mm. It will also tell you, if you've got all the tracking in place, where a lot of your visitors are coming from. Are they coming directly? Like they've typed in your website and they've gone straight to it. Are they coming from Facebook? Are they coming from Google Ads? So like all these visitors, you out of 2,000 visitors in the month, you know, maybe 20 come from social media and some from Twitter and some from this. So you'll see that in your Google Analytics. Google Ads is a different offering from Google where obviously you can pay to get visitors to your website. And it's worth having Google Analytics and Google Ads because you can link them up and then Google Analytics can tell which visits have come from Google Ads. And then also you set your goals in Google Analytics when someone gets to the thank you for purchasing page. You call that a goal as like maybe a transaction and then you import that goal into Google Ads and then you see those conversions in Google Ads. You can tell which search term, which ad, what time of the day, all that kind of stuff in Google Ads and kind of optimize your Google Ads account from there. Yeah, exactly. So those are interesting. Thanks for setting that up for me because for me, I always get kind of confused with the two. And I think 
for me, I always gotta remind myself Google Ads is like if I'm searching for, like we said off air, like a wood stove, like I've been yeah. doing recently, and then I go into my Facebook or whatever, it's gonna kind of follow me, right? I'm gonna see a, a still an ad. Well, for what's Osmo. happening there, likely, right? What's likely happening there, if you do a search on Google, that's a specific type of Google ad. That's an ad on the Google search engine. Google ads can also be ads on YouTube, ads in your Gmail, hmm. ads on blogs and websites that have opted into what's called the Google Display Network. So you might go to some sports news website and see a banner image for that stove. So that's a Google ad that's following you around, remarketing. So the advertiser is remarketing to you on the Google Display Network. If you end up going to Facebook and seeing ads on there, those are Facebook ads. But what's happening is advertiser might have put the Facebook pixel and the Google ads pixel on their website. So when you hit the website, you get added to their remarketing list on Facebook and the remarketing list on Google. Yeah. So then they can follow you around with ads on Facebook. Gotcha. Facebook ads. Yeah. Yeah. Hence why I think a lot of us will need the $15 a month bootcamp from Andy Black. This is the type of stuff that people kind of get, I think, frustrated with, right? There's just so much to know. And then this is just one of the hats you got to wear when you're a subscription box entrepreneur. There's just so many things to be doing. Yeah. I mean, you can't really be an expert in them all. So, okay. So let's go into their Google ads account. So you and I want to set up a Google ads account. What's the, some of the do's and don'ts here? Right. What's going to happen, especially now, Google is going to try and force you into creating what's called a smart campaign. And main tip is do not create a smart campaign. But Google just hides the little links so that you avoid creating it. They're like They just try and streamline it so you go through. But there's little exits where you say, no, I'm an expert. I'll do the expert mode, which is what I'll do. So. In the last few weeks, every account I've looked at, people that have created these smart campaigns, and you're effectively telling Google, here's my credit card, here's my website, go for it, kind of thing. Yeah, You've got little control over the keywords that you've been on. You can enter these keyword themes, you create some ads, and it's almost like this blob. You might enter like 10 products that you sell, create five ads, but you've no idea which ad is going to show for which keyword. Hmm. And that's not ideal. You don't have good control and then you don't have good visibility of what's going on in your account. So the first step is to try and avoid creating these smart campaigns. If you've already created smart campaigns, then you have to try and get out of them and get to the expert mode, which is just what I'd call normal Google ads. So you can create a normal campaign. So that's the first step. Okay. Yeah. And it's kind of tricky because Google makes it really hard. There's little links that you wouldn't spot and you have to scroll to find them. They're at the bottom to get out. And then it just, oh, they just make it super hard. Every time I log in, I'm like, oh goodness, you're just making it harder for me to do my job now. And you're trying (laughs) to force people into these smart campaigns and you're whizzes and the rest of it. The next thing, piece of advice is I tell people to start by running ads on Google. Okay. Because there's people out there potentially with a credit card in hand searching to buy your product. So like wood stoves, Winnipeg, right? You said you're near Winnipeg. That's right. If you typed in wood stoves and then a location... That typically means you've got like your phone in your hand or your credit card, your phone in your hand to ring them mm-hmm. or a credit card in hand to buy the thing. If you just typed in wood stoves, you might be just doing research. Yeah. In fact, wood stoves is kind of indicates you're right, your learning cycle. You don't know what kind of wood stove you want. That's right. You're going to type in wood stoves, you're going to click a few links, you're going to learn stuff, you're going to go back to Google and type in a more educated search. I don't know anything about wood stoves, but maybe there's a type of wood stove, you're going to type them in, maybe the brand, maybe even the make, yeah. the actual model. Once you start getting really specific like that, you're more and more likely to have a credit card in your hand. But at the start, you've probably got a cup of coffee in hand doing research. And in my head, when I look at search terms, and I tell clients and, and students as well, think about when somebody types that in, have they got a cup of coffee in hand or do they have a credit card in hand? Try and get the people with a credit card in hand to your website first before you try and convert people who've got a cup of coffee in hand into buying because their credit card is firmly in their wallet at that stage. But if there are people running around tonight looking for your kid's book subscription box and they're not finding you, that's kind of criminal. So that's why I tell people start on Google and try and get the buyers because if there are buyers, you want them to give you their money because they're looking to give it to somebody anyway. At that moment in time, they're running around wanting to give the money to somebody. So it might as well be you. If you load those ads for the buyer search terms on Google and there happens to be none, then that's okay. It kind of fails safe. You'll have no cost. Yeah. Because your ads will never show, nobody will click on them, and you only pay for the clicks. Okay. But you might as well have those ads running. And I liken that it's better than low hanging fruit. Those are the apples already falling out of the tree. So all you have to do is put your basket underneath the tree and let the apples fall into the basket. 
Yeah, they're falling out anyway. And if you put those baskets under the tree and then do stuff like, I don't know, maybe you do something on the radio or the local newspaper or whatever, or social media, and you get people to think, cheapers, wood stoves, I really should get a wood stove. What's happening is they'll often go to Google and type in wood stoves Winnipeg now, because that's what your ad said. And what that's the equivalent of shaking the apple tree and getting more apples to fall out. But if you didn't have your ads up on Google for wood stoves Winnipeg, what's happening is your social media and radio ads and TV and newspaper are just sending people to Google to do the search, become an apple, fall out of the tree into someone else's basket because they've already got an ad there. Yeah. So I say, get your baskets under the tree to catch the apples already falling out before you go and shake the tree. Got it. That's awesome. I love how you print, how you put that together. So, okay. Is there certain key things people can do when they're putting their ad together? Maybe, okay. So now they figured out the expert mode by watching your videos. Yeah. And now they want to start running ads on Google. Is there certain things there within that you would warn against or be careful with? Absolutely. Don't try to be clever with your ads. <laughs> it's not about writing really good copy. It's not about having really fancy copy on your landing page either. But Google is literally a case of what did they search for? Put it in the ad, put it in the landing page. I call it the Holy Trinity of paid search. What did they search for? The search term goes in the ad, goes in the landing page. So if they looked for um, wood stoves, Winnipeg, if that's their search term, then your ad is going to say Winnipeg wood stoves. Then uh, like you can put all the other stuff afterwards. But like that is what you're... The elephant in the room is that we all love Google because it helps us find stuff, but we all hate using it because we have to look at this page. We type something in, we've got to look at this page of like text. So what are you doing? You're not reading. You're scanning quickly to find the words that you typed in. So put those words into the ad. Where are you going to put them? To the left because we scan down the left. So you put them to the left. So it's Winnipeg wood stoves. Okay. You can put other stuff after that. And we'll talk about what all that other stuff could be. They click on the ad. What do they want to see on the landing page? Winnipeg wood stoves, right? That's, That's how right. you get it at work. It's that simple. Um, so that. all that fancy stuff about how you've been in business since 1975 and blah, blah, blah. At that stage, they don't know. They don't care. They just want what's relevant. And you know this yourself. If you're looking for a chiropractor in Winnipeg and you find a physio in Winnipeg, you're not going to click the ad. If you find a chiropractor in Montreal, you're not going to click the ad. You want both of those things that you typed in, in the ad, then you click on it. Then what the problem is, and you'll know this yourself, you'll have an ad, it'd be very relevant, you'll click, you go through to the page and you'll be like, Jesus, do you sell wood stoves? Are you in Winnipeg? I typed that in. It's not on the page. Sorry, I swore a bit there. <laughs> no, it's okay. So yeah, so like, what about for online businesses? It would be something different for the subscription. Let's say I'm, yep. okay, I'm looking for a subscription box to gift someone right now. As we're recording this, it's December 1st and Christmas is close and I'm searching for something for whatever, name your thing, right? Yeah. Baby products yeah. Or, or something for your husband or your wife. And, but it doesn't really matter the location because maybe I'm ordering online. Is there something for like a tip for online marketers? Yeah. There? It's the same thing. Don't start with people who have got a cup of coffee in hand doing research. So don't, bid on gifts for him and gifts for her. That's just not close enough. If your subscription box is, we'll do a book, kids book subscription box. Sure. Then that is the bullseye buying keyword, kids book subscription box. Bid on that keyword and bid in the right format so that you only show when people type those. That's very, very similar phrase, search phrasing. Don't bid on people who are doing research and obviously don't bid on something that's completely unrelated. So you bid on that and... If you're bidding on kids' book subscription box, the ad says kids' book subscription box. If you're bidding on children's book subscription box, then your ad says children's book subscription box because that's the words they typed in. That's the words they're scanning for. So it's kind of the same thing. So if you're selling beanies and they're red, like somebody searched for red beanies, then put red beanies in the ad. If they're looking for blue beanies, put blue beanies in the ad. If you're selling a subscription box, make sure you have the word subscription box in your keyword. So you only show when they type in a subscription box or subscription, maybe without the box, depends. But like, if they haven't typed in box, maybe they're slightly further away from being the ideal searcher and the ideal visitor than person who types in XYZ subscription box. So that's how you start. Yeah, and you probably don't want the clicks anyways. If it's not specific enough, you don't want someone just clicking on it because you're paying for that click and then it's right. not your ideal customer, right? It's yeah, not someone who's and there. that which also means that your budget has been spent on them instead of potentially on people who are searching. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And then you're training your... If you're going to do remarketing, you're remarketing to the wrong people. Okay, do you want to get into remarketing then? So now you have an ads account set up and you've got some Google ads running. 
what's the next thing here? Like, how uh, do you get it set up so that you have a Facebook remarketing pixel on your website and the Google? Rem- well, it'll be kind of set up. Honestly, there's little videos on YouTube on how to do that. But you may get that set up first. Actually, I would just get started, to be honest. Find you've got impressions and clicks and it's worth pursuing and then go, right, <laughs> we've had some visitors this week. Let's get the remarketing pixel on because the remarketing list will have to get to a thousand people on it on Google before you can actually run the ads to them. But you might as well start building these. But don't build them with until you kind of dialed in the visitors and getting the, the right visitors. You know, you don't want to be running ads to people who had no intention of buying your product in the first place. That's right. Yeah. So my advice there is just get the remarketing list building yeah, yeah. while you're running the Google Ads campaign. And this is where the Google search, once you get the search intent dialed in, it's really good because it trains your Facebook pixel much better. Yeah. You're building a remarketing list on Facebook, but also you can do the lookalike audiences, etc. And if they're all people who've looked for wood, stoves, Winnipeg, or XYZ subscription box, and it matches exactly what you're selling, then you're building a really good lookalike audience. Okay, so what would be next and from there? Is there anything else you want to touch on on that specifically? Like what's the down the line here now? So now people are getting good at this. Is there a certain point where you're like, okay, you should up your budget? Is that the next move? Yeah, okay. So you start with a budget mentality of, right, I'm spending a fiver a day. I'm going to learn by data to find out what people are searching for so I can figure out how to sell it to them. Okay, that's what you're trying to do. What mm-hmm. are people looking to buy? I want to know that so I can sell it to them, right? And you have a budget mentality. If you get sales and leads and you profit on your $5 a day spend while you're in this budget mode, brilliant. That's, I'd treat that as icing on the cake. But you get to the point where you like dial it in and go, right, we're going to bid on these few keywords now. And then we're going to hone it in until we start getting profitable. Then you move potentially, hopefully, from budget mentality to ROI mentality, where instead of like, oh, I'm spending five a day, if you now know for every dollar I put in, I get five back or four back, or whatever margin you want to run at, then you no longer say, I only want to spend a fiver a day. You'd be like, I want to spend as much as I can. For every $1 I put in, I get five back. I want to spend as many of these as I can. And then the trick is to try and scale in such a way that you still get that return. Yeah. Search words. For someone who's looking, who's like, okay, these are great tips. These are great things. I can do this. I can start doing this myself. But I don't know what words to put in. Is it just something as simple as what would I put in myself? Or is there like a tangible way to look for some words that are actually yeah, going to be people? Google search? Keyword Planner. I don't know if you've ever used that. That's a free tool with Google. You have to create a Google Ads account to be able to use it. And then Google will try and get you to create a campaign and add your billing details. And so you'll have an ad running before you even know it. (laughs) Right. So then I just want to use this tool. How come I'm spending money? What's going on? So yeah, I do have little videos on how to get in and create so you can use a Google Keyword Planner without adding billing details, without creating a smart campaign. So bang, you're in within 30 seconds rather than getting forced through this thing. Okay. With a Google Keyword Planner, you can either point it at your website or maybe at one of the top competitors in the industry, point the Keyword Planner at their website and it will come back with all the, the search terms or keywords that it thinks are relevant. And you look at them and go, these are great and these aren't. So you take a note of the good ones and it's going to give you an estimated monthly search volume. Average monthly search volume over the last 12 months in whatever your country, you, you can change the, the country, UK, US, Ireland, whatever, or maybe three or four countries. It's going to give you some sort of estimated bid prices, which you take with a pinch of salt. You also take the search volume with a pinch of salt. The single biggest reason people screw up with Google Ads is they call, they mix up keywords and search terms, but you pull back all that data. You make a note of the buying ones, not the, I've got a cup of coffee in hand ones. Yeah. And then you can go and type those into the keyword planner now and Google will give you more suggestions related to those. Yeah. So when you point the keyword planner at a website, often it brings back a lot of stuff. Isn't brilliant. But when you type in search terms, and you can type in up to 10 into the Keyword Planner, it will start giving you related ones. And some of those are really good. Some of them, you'll be like, oh, I hadn't thought of that. That's, oh, wow. I just hadn't thought of that angle. I didn't realize people were typing it in in that language. Hmm. You might be so used to your industry that you use terms other industry insiders use, but the, the consumer doesn't. You know, So a good example is like a word for a car insurance company. They called it vehicle insurance in-house. But nobody searched for vehicle insurance. They should search for car insurance, van insurance, or motorbike insurance. Yeah. 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 So they were telling me, well, you need to bid on that. We are bidding on it. Just nobody searches for it. They're searching for those. Yeah. So potentially you could enter 10 and they'll give you 3,000 suggested keywords. 
Okay, but again, you scan through, you find sort of ones that are very similar, but you need to bid on those to get the actual data. Yeah, because all that info is just estimated averages and estimated this and whatnot. You actually bid on those keywords and run a campaign $5 a day. You get the impressions and then you also get another metric that you have to unhide in, in the Google in Google ads called the, the impression share. So if you had 100 impressions of people looking for XYZ subscription box last week and your impression share was 50%, it meant you only showed 50% of the time, which meant there was actually 200 searches, but you only showed for 100 of them. Could be because your budget was a fiver a day and if it was a tenner, you might have showed for all of them. So all yeah. these little columns, I have maybe 10 columns that I look at rather than the whole stack of them that Google gives you. But some of those are ones that by default are hidden and you certainly can't see them in smart campaigns. Yeah, that's interesting. If there's 10 columns, that's like pure gold for someone like us to know what those columns are, which ones to look for. Those are those metrics we're looking for. Do you want to maybe see your top three? Well, obviously you want to know how many impressions, how often does your ad show, and then how many clicks you've got. And then you've got calculated metrics from those, like your click-through rate. Then you're going to have what your position is, how often you're in position one, how often in top ad position above the organic results. Then you can have your conversions. If you've got conversion tracking in place, which I really recommend you get done, you'll find out how many conversions you've got, what your conversion rate is, how, what your cost per conversion is. Then the ones that people typically don't look at is your impression share. Then how much impression share you've lost due to your budget. So if mm. it says you've lost 50% due to budget, <laughs> and if your impression share was 20%, and you lost 40% due to budget, and you're only spending a five a day, you know you could make it $15 a day, yeah? Because you only showed 20% and you lost 40%. So Fiverr was your 20. So just, you could triple it with the same bids, same cost per click. So if you were profitable at the Fiverr a day and consistently profitable for a while, so it's not just an anomaly, a fluke, and you're losing 40% impression share due to hitting the budget, then you could just increase your budget. And then there's another column, it's a lost impression share due to rank. And your rank is like your quality score multiplied by your bid price. The simplest way of increasing your rank is to increase your bids. So this is where if you know that you're profitable at like, if you're profitable at spending $1 per click and you can do stuff on your landing page and your checkout process to double the conversion rate, which would be amazing if you could do that, then it means actually you could then afford to pay $2 per click if you were happy at $1 a click. But now you've doubled your conversion rate that means your cost per acquisition went from whatever, $20 down to 10, but you're happy with a $20 cost per acquisition. Well, go and increase the bids to $2. So now your impression share due to rank start dropping because you're outbidding other people and getting into a top, higher ad position. So the name of the game is to increase your earning per click. If you can increase the earning that you make for every click, which means increasing the conversion rate and also the lifetime value of the visitor. If you can do that, you are able to buy all the visitors. I was going to say traffic then. Buy all the traffic because <laughs> you can get into position one. Yeah. And your name of the game is you want to be able to increase your cost per click Yeah, by being more profitable. Yeah. One of those things you mentioned, quality score, like you hear this all the time. Is there one thing you would suggest that would help people increase yeah. that? Click-through rate. Yeah. Improve your click-through rate. Yeah. The reason Google has the quality score and make it a metric that's muddy, you ask, what's in the quality score? And they go, oh, nobody knows. It's like, oh, even the guys, the engineers, they don't even know. If they ever gave you the formula for it, they're going to still have to add some little thing in there that is unknown, a little box kind of thing. Yeah. So that you can't go, look, all my other metrics are this. I should be above him in the ad position. They go, oh, no. It's that little thing, that little bit of magic, the little dust. So they make this quality score deliberately. There's no point trying to figure out exactly how it works because they don't even know. And it, but it's there deliberately so that they can adjust it. <laughs> yeah. They can fiddle with things and penalize you. Your quality score is down. You ring up the Google rep and say, why are my ads in a, such a low ad position? Oh, it's your quality score. What's wrong with the quality score? Oh, we don't know. It's one of them things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that could be frustrating. Yeah, I think it's yeah. important for anything, for whether you're starting Facebook ads, Google ads, all these things. That's why it's so important to have your, maybe your site ready to convert. And there's good ways you could look at that. First of all, study your competition. Like I think the best thing you can do is just look at the five biggest competition you might have out there yeah. and look at their website. It's obviously working if they're successful or if five sites you'd like to mimic that works good in your industry or your niche, I should say. And I think because your bounce rates are going to hurt your quality score. We talked about that with Cassie and we've heard, I've heard that before from other entrepreneurs. So you want to make sure before all of this, maybe, and correct me if I'm wrong, Andy, but you probably want at least your site ready to convert. So when that traffic is coming, they're not just bouncing immediately, right? You do want the visitors to convert, right? There's a few things. Let me unpack a few things you've said because it's sure. exactly how other people say. You mentioned traffic. 
because it's a habit. We've all got, sorry we all call it visitors, visitors. Then. Yeah, they're visitors. They're people yeah. right now. <laughs> The landing page, the website doesn't convert. The website just sits there being a website. Mm. Okay, what converts is the visitor. The visitor converts from being a visitor into a buyer or a visitor to an inquirer. The visitor converts. So if you showed me your landing page with a website, say, Andy, this website for a Dublin plumber, it converts 20%. I'll be like, no, it doesn't. If I send people looking for car insurance to that page, bet you get nobody calling you. It's the visitor that converts into an inquirer or a buyer. And actually, a buyer converts into a customer when they've got a customer from buying you. That's a repeat business. This is why I love, mm. I love subscription businesses as well, because R plus R equals profit, repeat business and referrals is profit. Yeah. Okay. So after repeat business and after referrals, but distracting myself there. But the things that you said, it's not the website that converts into potentially a buyer and they're not traffic, they're people. But yes, you want to get that set up. But I would tell people to start sooner than. Don't start fiddling with your website and getting that all perfect if you haven't figured out that you can get any visitors from Google Ads to it in the first place. I've run tests for clients when they don't even have a website. We just go, oh, we use a competitor's website. Use the yellow pages, find a listing on that. Just find some random website, run the ads because I want to find out, will the ads even show? What's the impressions? Wow, loads of impressions. We've got a load of clicks for your five or a day for five days. I think it's worth you building a page now or a website. So you want to find out, is there a business case for even building the website? If you've already got a website, brilliant. I guess most of you listeners have. Just send people to the best page you've got on it. Don't fiddle and don't get precious about it. And if you then find you can get visitors with this dialed in XYZ subscription box search term, then work on the page. You could then pause your ads and go, whoa, we can get visitors. There's a business case. It is worth me doing this now. Yeah. Okay. So that example of of a client, they've got 12,000 products in their warehouse. Only 2,000 of them are on the website. So I ran ads for all 2,000. And they were like, Andy, can we find out of the 12,000, the other 10,000, which are searched for the most? Because we want to get them added to the website. We don't want to add all 12,000 or 10,000. So yep, give me the Excel file. Bang, uploaded it. Within two days, I was like, well, that hair straightener, everybody's searching for that. And they're like, oh my goodness, really? That's it's the run up to Christmas. People are already buying this. This is amazing. So get the data first about what people are searching for. If you think about the funnel, are they searching? Do you get the impressions? Do you get the clicks? Then try and get the conversions after as they get deeper into your little funnel. Yeah, that's a great point. I think just something like that, like having all your products that you offer, maybe bring them up in that Excel. And those are things, obviously, I'm hoping are going to be through the bootcamp. Or is this more... Uh, stuff? The Excel stuff would probably be... That's in the accelerator, but yeah. basically, if you can't do it manually, you've got no business be doing it, like bulk uploads and whatnot. We all this phrase, if you build, dig in a hole in the wrong place and you bring in a big digger, you just end up with a bigger hole in the wrong place. <laughs> <laughs> do it manually first. Get it in the right place. Do it until you're bored. Do it until you're profitable. Then it's like, oh, I know how to scale this. I think I mentioned before, the most we've done for a client, the startup when I was an employee there was like 120 million keywords and ads. You can go hardcore at it. Oh right? my goodness. I can't imagine that. <laughs> it works pretty saying? good. Right. Here's a trick with Google Ads. Ads on Google. There's lots of different types. Ads on Google. They work when... Your ad is more relevant than the competitors. So your quality score will be higher if you get a better click-through rate than your competitors in the same ad position. Hmm. If someone searches for wood stoves Winnipeg and your ad says Winnipeg wood stoves and everyone else says Canadian wood stoves, they're going to click yours. Yeah, Google tells everyone that if you have a better quality score and a better click-through rate, we're going to reward you with a lower cost per click. So everyone's like, oh, okay, cool. I want to do that then. Why do they do that? Because it gets all the advertisers to write really good ads, which makes Google a much better place to go. So all the consumers go and search on Google and Google continues to make money because they make money when people click on ads and leave Google. And that's their business model. Whereas Facebook's slightly different. They want to keep people on as long as possible so they can show ads to them. Google, they want people coming, search, find what exactly what they want, click, go. Come back 10 minutes later for something else, click, go. Brilliant. I think with that, there's a lot for people to digest there, I think. So I think we're going to maybe leave it there unless there's something else you want to touch on that we haven't that you really want to mention. Just the search terms versus keywords. Um, right. That before. Yeah. I literally think that's the single biggest reason people lose money with Google Ads is that an SEO person will call what people type into Google the keyword. Okay. When we talk about keyword research, we're trying to find out what's the search volume for all these keywords that people type into Google. Even Google calls it the Google Keyword Planner. But when they give you the info, they say, this keyword has this amount of volume. What they're saying is this exact match keyword, which is, as a Google Ads person, I call that a search term. Okay, so the problem 
comes that people go, oh, okay, so Google called that a keyword, Woodstow's Winnipeg. I'm just going to load that into my account. When it says, what's the keyword? I'm just going to add in Woodstow's Winnipeg or XYZ subscription box. When they load it in as a keyword, they're thinking that they're only going to show when somebody types that into Google as the search term, okay? Search term is what people type into Google. Keyword is what you bid on. If you didn't bid on that in exact match, then you're all eligible to show for lots of different search terms. And that's what people don't understand. Mm. So literally, people go, right, these are the keywords I want to show for. I'm going to add them all in. And then they show for all this stuff that they don't realize. And Google actually hides all the search terms from you. You can see them. It's not obvious. But then you have to unhide what keyword triggered that search term. And I'll give you some examples of really, really poor search terms. So I was looking at an account. They were bidding on London. They had an ad for London hotels. And they were bidding on London. Like that. It's not a great keyword anyway. Because if someone types in London, they're doing research, aren't they? Yeah. They have no interest in a hotel. It's probably a kid. What is London? Yeah. I'm doing a project. I need to write about London. But they were bidding on London in what's called broad match. They just loaded it up with no quotes around it, no square brackets around it, no plus in front of it. It was just a broad match keyword. I looked at the search terms and I saw three that stood out. One was British Army. So someone typed in British Army and clicked the ad. You don't get to find out the search term until they click the ad. I was like, uh, they were never going to book a hotel. Another one was UK sexy girls. So I was like, okay, fair enough. Don't want to know what you were searching for, really. And you still clicked on the ad about a London hotel. You probably just clicked, just a misclick. Yeah. yeah. And then the weirdest one was YouTube. I was like, why is he Google even showing the ad? Oh, there's a tube in London, isn't there? It's the underground tube mm. in London. Yeah. It gets really tenuous. And business owners don't realize that. So they're bleeding money left, right, and center, and they don't know why but look at my keywords. They're all really precise. They're exactly what I want. That's, keywords should be what they type in Google. No, search terms are what they type in Google. You mm. loaded a keyword that's too broad and a keyword in the Google Ads is, matches a set of search terms. And if your set is too broad, you're going to bleed money. And like you said before, if you're spending money on those visitors and not going to convert, that's not good. But also it means you're not spending money on the visitors who will convert. Yeah. Wow. There's so much there. I love this. So, I mean, we could go forever, but I think let's stop now. I mean, I'd have to come back for a part two for the accelerator. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but uh, with that, I will mention as well. So this is all the reason why I kept talking about the $15 a month bootcamp. This is the kind of stuff that I think you need to just do. And it's a digital course format, so you can do it. And you mentioned there's short videos as well. I'm yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It's the short videos, right? I've literally just opened this Friday, Black Friday. I actually wanted to get it done before then so the business owners could get their Black Friday campaigns done, but things take longer. And I opened it on Friday. You've actually got like six people signed up. There's little videos that people go through. I've had this course, I created it like four years ago. I keep having to redo it because Google changes the interface. So I've done it That's again. Right. And instead of being $400, it's now $15. Get in, do, go through the videos, but I've also created an accompanying Facebook group. So people can get in there and I'm going to ask on every Monday, I'm going to say, right, week commencing, whatever, 30th November, 20. What questions you got for me? Ask them here. I'll reply to them by the end of the week. And like, actually, somebody's asked questions and I'm, it replied immediately because I'm, like, I'm like that. But if I get too many people in there, it's my way of just putting all the questions in one place so I can find them. And what I'll do is I'll probably go through them and just do a little video recording them all. Or maybe a live or a Zoom or something. So the reason why that actually seems really cheap <laughs> where you get, you know, getting videos on how to do it. And I will be adding more videos as I go along. So I'm staying a few days ahead of everyone. And then a Facebook group, supporting group with possibly some live calls. The reason it helps me is because if people keep asking the same questions, I know I need to create a video and put it into the courses. Yeah. You know, no, it's, oh, it's, I, didn't, I didn't understand that part. And be like, yeah. okay, I need to redo that bit or whatever. Yeah. If you're listening, jump all over this. I mean, we're going to have the links in the show notes. I'll be there. Count me in. So with that, Andy, though, let's head over to the unboxing round. Are you ready? Uh, not really, but let's go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, what is the most frequently asked question you get asked from your clients? Basically, like how much did we spend last week <laughs> and how many conversions did we get? But yeah. they don't ask it because we tell them every Monday anyway. And that's something that I will think everyone should do. We create like, a, it's called a weekly trading sheet. It's a Google sheet and we list, we fill in each week. Each row is a week. We fill in impressions, clicks, costs, conversions, impression share, have all the calculated metrics, and then we send it to them. And we also have a little change log, a sell for a change. We made these changes. And then over the months and weeks, you can look back and go, ooh, why did it fall off a cliff? Look at that change we made. Let's better, better undo that or whatever. Yeah, so we do that. And the reason I do that is at one point, I managed a team. I was the analyst and then managed a team of 35 Google Ads specialists spending 120,000 euros a day. Ooh. And for the first two hours every morning, every specialist was in and they were filling in their own sheets. Wow. We called it daily trading because you had to 
on top of your numbers when you spend 120k a day. First three, four hours, potentially, they were just filling in the data to work out whether they were profitable yesterday and what they were going to have to do today. So, Unbelievable. Know your numbers, That's I what guess. people should be asking, but they yeah. don't because we beat them to it. Yeah, yeah. If you could hire anyone as your mentor or coach, who would it be and why? So it changes based on what problem I'm trying to solve. So, you know, what's your favorite book solving the problem that I've got at the minute? That's my favorite <laughs> book. It changes. I'm not, but at the moment, there's a girl called Laurel Portier. And I'm basically now following her model. She does Facebook ads. I'm going to advertise for her now because I think it's stuff so good. Adcoachingfor7.com. $7 a month. She has Facebook ad coaching. And she has a big Facebook group and she has videos as well. So very similar. I'm basically copying her business model. She has clients. She does a workflows clients. She has group coaching at maybe $200 a month where she tells them what is working for her clients. She records those Zoom calls and then she puts them into a $7 a month group. I think genius, very clever. Yep. But not only is her business model genius where she loves being at the coalface, same as myself, and she can now scale it and help more people. But her content is about how to create Facebook ads to help grow your business. And mostly using video as well. And I think video is the way to go if you can do it because other people can't or won't got hangups and whatnot. So if you can do it and you can do a good job of it, brilliant. The barrier to entry is a lot higher. Also, you automatically got the audio and the transcript from it. That's right. Yeah, repurpose for sure. Andy, what is the average cost per click today in 2020? That is going to depend. Going to depend on the vertical, the industry you're in. That client who's selling beauty products and stuff, because they have so many products, because they've still actually got quite a low budget at the minute while we're dialing it all in, they're coming in at like 15 cents a click. No, because we're bidding, our coverage is so wide for their budget. We can bid quite low and still get clicks. Hmm. But if you were asbestos lawyer in Winnipeg and you only wanted people in Winnipeg, first off, asbestos lawyers, it costs a lot per click. It could be $30 plus or maybe $60. And if you only want to get them from a certain location, then you're going to have to be in position one so they definitely click your ad and come through to you rather than being in a really low ad position. So you're going to bid higher. So A, it depends on the vertical, depends on your quality score, depends on how much you want to pay per click. And like I said before, you want to pay as much as you can per click, which seems contrary, contrary to what most people think. But if you can pay more per click than anyone else, you mop up. Interesting. What is one thing you know now that you wish you would have known when you first started off with Google Ads? Get out your own way, just go faster. <laughs> Honest to goodness. That's my advice to clients all the time, all the time. But like, it's so hard to take your own medicine sometimes, isn't it? So it is. my own boot camp. I was humming and hiring. Should I do this? Should I use... I've got courses on Thinkific. Should I use Thinkific? Should I use Kajabi? Should I use... I went throughout, around the houses looking at all these different bits of software. Found New Zenla. Done. That's intuitive. Go for it. And even like two weeks ago, I was still humming and I just got fed up with myself. It was midnight. I was like, right, I'm just posting something on Facebook. On my personal profile, I was like, do I create a Facebook page? What do I call it? What do I put on it? Do I put a picture of me? All this stupid junk that I was getting tangled up with. So I literally just posted to my Facebook profile, I'm thinking of doing a Google Ads bootcamp. It will involve videos, Facebook group, possible Zooms. It'll be $15 a month because I want to help more people. Who's interested? I woke up, there's 17 people saying, I'm interested. And I was just, like, there we go. Why didn't I just do that first time around? That, yeah. that, I could have done that months ago. So just get out your own way. It's a lot simpler. Forget all this automation stuff. Go hand-to-hand, engage your market in hand-to-hand combat. One of my favorite lines a guy had said, at the beginning of your business, spend your money on diesel and coffee. And what he meant was, go out there and meet people and build a relationship. You don't have a coffee in 10 minutes. You have coffee over an hour, don't you? You meet someone, you have a chat. And it's not a pitch. It's not a sale. It's just build relationships. Bootstrap, you know? Get out there. Press the flesh. Meet people. Love it. That's my style. That's more... Now we're talking here. So this is funny. This next question, I'm interested to hear what you're going to say because usually the question is, who's the most influential person you know in the subscription box industry? And our mutual friend that introduced us, Liam Brennan, is often mentioned here. But I'm going to twist it a little bit for you here. Who is the most influential person that you know in the Google ads industry? I think the guy years ago, that book that got me going. Right, So I started, I got into it. I was like, well, my goodness, I got results from my friend. And then I went looking for the book and it was Perry Marshall. It was the definitive guide to Google Ads AdWords back then. I think he's got a brilliant book called 80-20 Sales and Marketing. So he's gone from being Google Ads specialist to 
marketing, business coach, brilliant book, 8020 Sales and mm. Marketing, really, really good, well worth reading. So I'd say him in back then, I don't know who it is now because I don't follow <laughs> other people. I look at some of the YouTube videos and I kind of, I don't know, the face palm, go, no, that's not how you do it, whatever, but whatever, you know. So I don't know who it would be now because I'm busy just doing the work. And honestly, you can hear everything I've said, just go test it. You can follow like the perfect theory and it might not work for you. Yeah. You might find that actually smart campaigns work better than that stuff Andy said. And you're like, okay, well, there you go. Do you have a favorite subscription box? I don't have any subscription boxes, but ones I've been thinking of are stuff for my kids. I've seen them on Facebook and I keep missing them. I can't remember who it's from. It's some sort of box that comes in. It's like little science puzzles and things like building stuff or little science experiments for your kids. My kids are boys are 8, 10 and 12. And I think they'd love that except they'd all fight over it. But yeah, for sure. Maybe I'd have to get three, but well, that's, for the that's list- what I'd probably get. Yeah, well, the listeners out there, you're a potential customer. Reach out to Andy if you have a subscription box yeah. that is for eight, 10, and 12-year-old boys there. What is your favorite social media platform? Right. I've fallen in love with Facebook in the last three months. I had no idea how amazing it was. I wasn't on Facebook. I've been in a forum for the last, since 2014, I've posted 11,000 times in there. I'm known as the Google Whoa. Ads guy in there. I've got 40 threads talking about Google Ads. People kept asking <laughs> me for, have you got a course? I was like, no, I ain't got a course. I'm too busy serving my clients, blah, blah, blah. And then one guy eventually said, oh, it took me 18 hours to go through all your stuff. I was like, uh, nope, it shouldn't take 18 hours. There's a one hour course, go through that and you'll be up and running. So I was in there all the time. The last three months, I heard something I thought was amazing. It was, don't, try and say lots of different things to the same people. Say the same thing again and again, but to different people. Hmm. So I repeat myself, the same stuff. Everything I've kind of told you, I've said on a few different podcasts and radio interviews. So I'm saying the same thing to different people rather than being in one forum saying lots of different things because they've heard me say that. So I'm now trying to come up with something else, et cetera, et cetera. So I heard that and I was like, okay, I kind of need to maybe like stretch out a bit for maybe even get uncomfortable. So I got uncomfortable on Facebook because I didn't want to write anything about Google Ads on Facebook profile. I didn't want to put in my bio that I did Google Ads. It was purely family and friends stuff. So I made that little change I put down and my bio was like dad, husband, Google Ads and inbound marketeer. And when I bounced around in Facebook groups, just being helpful and you're not talking about Google Ads. People, it's, yeah, obviously, I do it myself. They come back, they stalk your profile. What do you do? And they go, oh, that's interesting. And then they message you. And I've started in the last three months, I've got all my friend requests. Some of them are coaches, wanted to coach me in my business, et cetera, like a bit spammy kind of stuff. But a lot of them, oh, Andy, could you help me with your Google Ads? Or do you have any courses? And mm-hmm. I think it's amazing. And then the beauty of it is you can kind of stalk them back <laughs> and find out more about them because it's yeah. their genuine profile. It's a genuine like face and... You get to see about them, their, their values, etc. So I'm really liking Facebook at the minute, which is good because it's a big platform, isn't it? It's a, it's a monster. Are you on LinkedIn as well, by chance? I am on LinkedIn. See, this is interesting. All right, so I've got 808 people and friends on Facebook. Like, I don't know 880 people on Facebook. <laughs> a lot of them have friended me and I, over yeah. the years. It must be because of this stuff I've been chatting about. And they know me as a Google Ads guy, possibly from that forum as well. I've got 11,000 connections on LinkedIn. I posted oh. the same thing on LinkedIn about, I'm thinking of doing a boot, Google Ads bootcamp. I had four people reply to that and I've had about 40 reply on Facebook. Hmm. Yeah. Now, it could be that I've got the wrong connections or just not busy enough on LinkedIn, but I don't like even logging into LinkedIn because my inbox is just full of spam. It's just all this copy-paste stuff of like, we develop websites or we do digital marketing. It says me, a digital marketer, but etc. Like, oh. So I log out again. I just I reply to the genuine messages and accept all friend requests. That could be my downfall. And then I'm off again. Yeah, you could set that up as well, right? It's interesting then. So you're just kind of like this newfound love for Facebook. And I would just assume that you would have always been in super involved in probably all platforms. So that's interesting. No, just in that forum, really, for the last yeah, just six forum. years. So it's almost like I've just popped out. I've been under the radar, everybody's radar. I'm known as Google Ads guy in there, but this is me stepping out going, okay, guys, I'm here. <laughs> love it. So I like talking about quotes. I love quotes and I love action yeah. quotes. And you have one that you mentioned kind of before. So I'm going to leave you, maybe mention your favorite quote. And then at the same time, if you want to just maybe before we sign off and say goodbye, Andy, just maybe if you want to leave the listeners with one final parting piece of advice. Okay. Well, my absolute favorite business quote is from Mother Teresa of all people. And it is, never worry about numbers. Help one person at a time. I'd always start with the person closest to you. 
And I just think whenever I get stuck, well, yeah. I always remember that. Just one person at a time. Just do it one at a time. Yeah. And there's lots of different ways of looking at that. It could be never worry about numbers as in your monetary goals. Don't go chasing them. Just go help people and then keep adding value and you know it'll come back to you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's one way of looking at it. The other is they're not clicks. How many clicks did I get yesterday? You got 20 clicks. No, you got 20 people visited your website looking for XYZ subscription mm-hmm. box. Those people or 20 people who were looking for a divorce lawyer, you know, there's real pain behind each of those clicks that you just called them. So view people as people. And that's my advice really in business. Anyway, I said that the most important formula in business is R plus R equals profit. Repeat business plus referrals equals profit. So we're all in subscription business. You're a boxes. I'm still a subscription business. So brilliant. We're in the right kind of business. But those R plus R, they're built by the other R, relationships. You build relationships with your customers, with your clients, and they will stay and they will refer you on. So it's all about building relationships. To me, business is all about building relationships and obviously doing it such a way you get paid. Love it. What a great way to finish. Thank you so much for that. So Andy, with that, we're going to say goodbye for now. And I really appreciate you taking the time. I know it's late out in the UK. We're recording this because of the time difference. It's probably past 11 o'clock PM. So it's bedtime for Andy. For me, it's supper time here in central Canada. So thanks for taking the time again to do this. Really appreciate you doing this. And we're going to have all the links for the bootcamp, the accelerator programs, the inbound marketeering, all of that in the show notes. But uh, best place maybe to find you is inboundmarketeer.com. Like a musketeer, two E's and then an R on the end. Perfect. Inboundmarketeer. Thank you so much, Andy. Yeah. Brilliant. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of The Subscription Box Show. Andy has helped so many different types of businesses from tradesmen to subscription boxes. He has seen it all and absolutely loves the platform. His passion certainly comes through. That being said, Andy also wants to help you. If you want more from Andy and would like to join his $15 a month Google Ads Bootcamp, then make sure to head over to www.theinboundmarketeer.com for more information on that. If you're ready for the next level, then make sure to ask him about his advanced accelerator group. Links to his bootcamp can be found as well in the show notes. Want to share this episode with someone you think needs to listen to it? It's super easy. Just send them a share link from your podcast player or send them to the subscriptionboxshow.com and just click on the podcast button. If you'd like to join our awesome community on Facebook, then make sure to join the Subscription Box Show Facebook group and connect, learn, and grow with like-minded subscription box owners just like me and hundreds of others. This episode is sponsored by the brand new course, Building Your Personal Brand on LinkedIn by Megan McNeil. Are you properly investing in your network? What about your personal brand? Today more than ever, you need to have a presence online, guys, a proper professional one. Our personal brand and network are two of the most important things we can have and control today. So make sure to go to the show notes and click on Megan McNeil's Building Your Personal Brand on LinkedIn course. This is a self-paced and on-demand course with a community and the proper support to show you exactly how to create and maximize your personal brand and network on LinkedIn. You can also just head over to the subscriptionboxshow.com and click on the LinkedIn course button. And of course, make sure to tune in on Friday for episode number 114 and this year's first Focus Friday episode. Thanks again for listening. I'm your host, Eric Music. And remember, words can inspire, thoughts can provoke, but only action truly brings you closer to your dreams. That's all for this episode of the Subscription Box Show. But your next unboxing is only a few clicks away. Head over to the subscriptionboxshow.com to connect with your host on social media or book a call to give your input on today's episode and what topics you'd like to see covered in future episodes of the Subscription Box Show. Remember, don't be afraid of change. Be afraid of standing still. 